Number six, sowing before reaping. Do the farmers reap the harvest before they plant the harvest? That'd be backwards, wouldn't it? That'd be great. But you see, when it comes to children of God, we know we have to plant before something grows. And it has to grow before we can have a, a harvest. So if you want good results down the road, you better start planting the right thing now. Just because you messed up down the, in the past and you don't have good results or fruit from it doesn't mean you should not plant today because tomorrow on down the road, you're going to wish you had. Reap the good results down the road from the good seed you've thrown today and watch things grow in your Christian life. Many of God's children are barren. Means they're not fruitful. And that's so very important. So in Galatians in chapter 6, he talks about, you know, no, don't mock God. How do you mock God? By mocking sin. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get away with it. It's not that bad. There's no consequences to it. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So the law of the harvest is that you sow now, you reap later. And whenever you reap, if you sow the wrong thing, you're going to reap the wrong things. So the law of the harvest is you're going to reap later than you sowed, and you're going to reap the same thing you sowed, and a lot more of it. So that's important to keep in mind. All right, number seven. Look at number seven. Colossians chapter three. Let's look at that verse. Colossians and chapter three. You'll notice this is a wonderful verse about the two natures that we're not going to discuss right now, but it does talk about that. But he talks to the wives on what they're supposed to do. It talks to the husbands and what they're supposed to do. The children and what they're supposed to do. And the servants and what they're supposed to do. So you finally get down here into verse 23 and says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily and to the Lord and not unto men. And here's the reason why. Verse 24, Knowing that the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do for the, the husband and the, the wife and the children, the servants, everybody, you're serving God. So serve the Lord with all your heart as unto God. You're serving God. Come to church this morning. If you did it to honor God, then God's going to reward you for it. If you do whatever you do for the Lord, then God's going to bless you. Don't worry about it. How God's going to do it, he'll take care of that. You just do the serving part. You see, this is not written on how to get to heaven. None of these notes here has anything to buy how to go to heaven. Because going to heaven is free. You don't have to do anything. It's a gift. Only thing you have to trust Christ as your Savior. And when you trust Christ, He gives you eternal life. You're His child and you'll go to heaven whenever you die. So, number eight. I want you to see this. In number eight, the book of James. The book of James in chapter four. I mentioned it to you a little bit earlier, but I want you to see this verse. And the reason this verse is so important because um, it's talking about your environment. The environment that you have. And you need to be careful what kind of people you hang around. You hang around negative people, and it's going to influence the way you think. And that will influence the way you live. It will influence whether or not you're positive or you're negative. Whether you'll be found faithful or unfaithful. So in chapter 4, look there. He's talking to Christians. He's not talking to lost people. Book of James is to believers. He says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world, you ought to underline those words, friendship of the world, that's having the wrong environment, the wrong friends. You see, I had to make a decision in my life. I had to learn how to choose better people to hang around. 
And I really didn't have to drop any of my old friends. Number one is I didn't have many. Number two, they left me. Because every one of them I tried to get to trust the Lord. And they'd see me come and they'd run the other way. So I didn't have to, you know, break off from my friends. They broke off from me. And it's not because I was so holy. It was because I was a little rude and crude. I didn't always do everything the way I should have done it. I just didn't know how to be nice sometimes. I would say this truth, but the way I said the truth, well, it rubbed some people the wrong way. And I always feel like, you know what, a cat. You know, if, it, if I rub you the wrong way, turn around. But it didn't work. Look at number nine. Number nine is talking about in the book of Galatians. Bear ye one another's burdens. And he's talking about ye which are spiritual. Try to help those that are carnal. In other words, in chapter five of the same book, it talks about walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So some of God's children will walk in the spirit. Some of God's children are going to walk in the flesh. So he says, you that are walking in the spirit, try to help those that are walking in the flesh. Restore them to where they want to walk in the spirit. And you got to watch how you treat them, lest you become guilty of the very same thing you're talking about them getting guilty, because you become lifted up with pride. And I'm not going to lower myself to that. That's what serving the Lord is. And then he talks about bear ye one another's burdens. So you've got to bear yours, and then you've got to bear somebody. We often tell people on third Sunday dinner, cook enough for your family and what? And a little bit more. And a little bit more. What's the other little bit more for then? Well, that's for somebody else. You've got to do what you have to do. You've got responsibility, but then you've got to try to help somebody else that maybe can't do that. So it's important. Look at the next statement. Number 10, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16, you don't have to turn to it now, but it just simply means talking, redeem the times for the days are, redeem the time for the days are evil. You don't have much time to, to live. Life is short. And you know, just the other day, just, just, just the other day, I was only 50 years old. Just the other day. And when I came down here, I was only 51. And look how old I got in just nine years. Now, math was not my forte. I went to a public school. But number 10 is don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. That means don't always put off things. you got things to get done, try to get it done as soon as you possibly can. And means do it now. That's redeeming the time. Because you see, we may not have tomorrow. Do what you can do and what you're supposed to do this day. Number 11. Adversities are God's stepping stones to success. So in the book of uh, Romans in chapter 5 and in verse 3, see, it talks about tribulation work with, um, what's that word? That everybody needs but you? Patience. That's it. Everybody needs patience but me. But everybody needs patience. And so tribulation, work. what does it mean? It means it forces you to have to wait. Because God doesn't always do what you want when you want it done. And so you've got to sit and pout for a while and learn a few little lessons in humility. And you can't be everything you want to be. And you can't do everything you want to do. And you can't go everywhere you want to go. And you can't have everything you want to have. It kind of, well, it kind of helps a person grow up a little bit. And I've had parents say, well, I don't want my child to go through what I did. I do. I want them to learn just like I learned. What? Doing without. 
I told my kids, you can have anything you can afford. Now, what's wrong with that? I've had people say, you know, my dad left me this. Uh, Trump said, he only left me $100 million. Man. You know, I might be able to start a business if I had $100 million. My daddy, you know, he was a bootlegger. And he, he willed it to me. I'm lying. Did you hear about this year? Oh, Joshua, he got picked up for doing what my daddy did. He had to go before the judge. The judge says, are you the Joshua that made the sun stand still? He said, no, nah, I, I was the Joshua that made the moonshine. <laughs> what you're going to have, adversities, and you know it. Now, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, look at that verse very quickly. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. Verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Love and fear are emotional things that we go through. I love you. Now, we know that um, the heart does nothing but pump blood. But we always say, I love you with all my heart. You really mean I love you with all my mind. But think how that sounds. To say, I love you with all my mind. Just don't, don't have a ring to it. So you can go ahead, I love you with all my heart. I used to tell the teenagers, I said, look, whenever two teenagers look at each other, you know, they just kind of goo-goo eyes, you know. I said, oh, it's just puppy love. But it's real to the puppy. But you have to be careful because it can lead to a dog's life. <laughs> but whenever, you know, you, you look at each other and that guy looks at you and he goes, you run and don't look back for 30 years. Just keep them moving. Now, number 12, runaway emotions is life jumping out of gear. It means it, uh, it's, the, the gear stick is not staying in gear. It's jumping out of gear. And runaway emotions, that means you have to watch how you receive things. I guess you have to watch a little bit how you tell things. So people, whether they're happy or sad, depends on how they're thinking. And that thinking can be good and it can be bad. And so you have to be very careful. And the last line down there is, when you throw mud, you lose ground. I thought you'd like that little statement. Now, let's go back to number one. Now, the reason I did that, because if we don't finish, I've already finished. Now we're going to take a look at the subpoints. Number one, a leader knows that attitude determines your altitude. All actions are born within the mind. Your potential is established by your positive biblical attitude. Do you have that? Renew the caliber of your thoughts to renew the caliber of your life. If you don't like the way things are in your life and you want to learn how to live better and differently and exalted a little bit more, then change the caliber of your thoughts and you'll change the caliber of your life. And the thing that can cause you to when God says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is something better. Now, some people, you probably could live eating out of a garbage can. But you ought to take and go to Smoky Bones and eat a juicy steak or Longhorn. But if you had one of those, and if you had a choice, I wouldn't eat out of the garbage can. But see, that's what a lot of God's children are doing. 
they're living in a garbage can because they just don't know how good it can be because they never gave God a chance to really serve the Lord and go out on that limb and not be so afraid knowing that if I do what God wants me to God not only is going to bless, God must bless my life. He has to bless me because he promised. Now we can either believe God or not. Look at number two. A leader should know that he has to have a place. Where are you going? I, I try to tell people this. Look, we want to win people to the Lord, and then we got to get them to camp so they'll dedicate their lives to the Lord so we can get them into Bible college and then do something for the Lord. So, but there's a plan. It's not just, nothing is the end to itself. There's a purpose. Now get the next statement. Have goal, we'll travel. I'd rather aim at something and miss than aim at nothing and hit it. Lee Robertson, I heard him make that statement when I was at Tennessee Temple in 1964. First time I ever heard it. And he always says, everything rises or falls on leadership. Oh, I didn't like that. But it's the truth. Everything rises or falls on leadership. What kind of leadership do you have? Next statement here. If you don't know where you're going, any road will do. You will never achieve success until you define what success means to you. Without a goal, you're a drifter. And a drifter is equal to a loser. Never join the crowd until you know where it is going. Don't become a, the, uh, part of the majority unless you know which way is the majority going. I just like being a, a thinker for myself. I want to decide what I do with my life. I don't want other people trying to tell me how I'm supposed to live. I want to mature enough that I can take the word of God and God can lead me and guide me. And I can trust him. People come and go. But the Lord has never left me. He didn't die. Leaving it all alone? No. Look at the next statement. I like this statement. Yard by yard is hard. Inch by inch is a cinch. Now, there was this person. Well, her husband was dying. But it was taking forever to die. So he was just dying by the inches. So she took him out on the sidewalk so he could die by the yard. Uh, number three, planning for profit. A short punch better than a long memory. You walk to success one step at a time. The longest journey begins with one step. You've got to take the first step. And any journey you take. The next statement is plan your work and work your plan. Now, look up here. This is so simple. You plan your work, and you work your plan, and you work your plan as long as your plan will work. When your plan don't work, you change your plan. See how simple that is. Plan your work, and work your plan. And you work your plan as long as your plan will work. But when your plan doesn't work, you change your plan. But not the purpose. The next statement. Nobody ever fails to plan. They just fail to execute the right plan. People seldom fail because they lack ability, but because they lack a schedule to fulfill their goals. Your dreams are more likely to be fulfilled if you don't oversleep. Speaking of not oversleeping, I didn't oversleep this morning. That clock went off at 6 o'clock because I forgot to set it. I got out of the bed and I was resting, ready to go. And all of a sudden my alarm goes off an hour after I got up. I thought, what is going on? How many of y'all forgot to set your clock? Hey, three is not bad. Three is not bad. Jesus had three disciples. So it can't be bad. So the rest of y'all, y'all come for Sunday school, right? Okay. Anyway, as we're moving right along. Number four, think big, act big, do big, because God 
is big. Remember, he is always bigger than any problem we may ever have. And you've got to have confidence in that. Or if you get to the place where you think you're totally at the um, mercy of all the circumstances in life and all the people in this world, then where does God fit in? Can God change things? Does prayer have a purpose? Yes, it does. Look at the next statement. Be convinced you can do all that God says you can do. God confidence is not backed by action is dead. In other words, it's God confidence, not self-confidence. A lot of people are like, I got confident. I'm a self-made man. You just wonder why they stopped so soon. Number four there in the little uh, box. How you live is an expression of your opinion about God. You only limit yourself by your own limited thinking. No man is ever any bigger than that which it takes to get him down. How big are you? How strong are you? How much confidence do you have in the Lord? And you'd be surprised. There's probably many of you in here this room. You've got problems. And you think they're greater than I can bear. I remember they sing a song in Firehouse 5. Higher than any mountain or bigger than any mountain or something like that. I don't forget how it goes. Number five. Fear not controlled will destroy success. That's what we're talking about in 2 Timothy in chapter 1 and verse 7. To fill a man's mind with worry, fear, and anxiety is the most costly and the least productive activity of man. These are dead giveaways to an undisciplined mind. Get that statement. It's a dead giveaway to an undisciplined mind. When you are letting all of these things, the worry and the fear, the anxiety, and it just keeps you awake at night and you just break down. Listen, that's a sign of an undisciplined mind. You haven't. The Bible says you study sound words that produce sound doctrine, that produce a sound mind. And God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind, where you can think the way you should think, so that you'll believe the way you should believe. This is what makes coming to church so important. That's what makes every Sunday night that I teach, and every Wednesday night that I teach, and every Sunday school class that we have. All this is so you can have more of the Word of God so you can learn how to think better. When you think better, you'll live better. Guaranteed. Get this. They are a poor substitute for clear-cut thinking. Happiness, like success, is not a destination. It's a way of travel. I've had so many people say, well, well if this happens, boy, I'll be happy. Boy, if I get a million dollars, I'll be happy. When I win the lottery, I'll really be happy. Kind of like those two little kids come to see Grandpa. Grandpa? He said, yes. He says, would you croak like a frog? He says, I'm not going to croak like no frog. Please, Grandpa. He says, why? He said, well, because Mom and Daddy says that whenever you croak, we get to go to Disney World. <laughs> so y'all look a little bored, so I thought I'd throw out a little joke. It's a way of trouble. As love grows, fear goes. Remember 1 John chapter 4? We just read it just a minute ago. And that's why it's so important. Fear is not to control the Christian. And yet we, because we have a human body, we're still children in the flesh, this old physical body, we still get afraid because we, well, we know our, sometimes our limitations. But me and God, see, that, that makes it, we're unlimited. Me and God, that means I got all the power to do whatever God wants me to do. Me and God. So your whole walk in life is you and God. 
Now, you try to walk through life without God, yeah, you have all the reasons to worry and fall apart and all the things that destroys a Christian. And you'll always want in the back of your mind, I wonder what I could have done. I wonder where, if I wasn't so afraid, where I could have gone, of what I could have done for the Lord. Because life is short. And you don't get a rerun or an instant replay. It's just you get one trip through. You can't get this wrong. It's not worth getting wrong. It's your life. Now look down here. Number six, sowing, as we have here, before reaping. Don't expect physical and material blessings on credit. God says, or has already blessed us with spiritual blessings. Heavenlies, there must first be action before reaction or response to set in. You must sow righteousness to reap blessings or rewards. If you stand still and watch the world go by, there it goes. So there is a, a law of compensation. In other words, you do this and this will happen. You do this and then this will happen. Number seven, enthusiasm is the interest or excitement you put into your goal. Do you live an interesting, exciting life? Are you glad you're alive? Are you sorry you saw the sun come up and you just don't know how to handle life because you've just got so many things falling apart so much? Remember this, unless thou serve the Lord with joyfulness of heart, I will put a yoke of iron upon your neck until it destroys you in the book of Deuteronomy. It's important to know. Number eight, your company that you keep. You can tell a lot about a person because of the friends that they have. You always hang around people that doesn't love the Lord, don't walk with God, don't witness, and all that kind of It'll affect you. Water seeks its own level. So it is very, very important. Quality of friends is better than quantity of friends. Number nine, no man is an island unto himself. Number ten, some fools are quick to rush headlong where angels fear to tread. Betty's dad told me that was mean. Even too much gas into the carburetor can cause a motor to stall because you don't have the patience and patience and patience to wait on God. You jump ahead of the Lord. Trust the Lord to lead and to guide. Trust the Lord to provide. You, like I said the other day, you pray like it all depends upon God and then you work like it all depends upon you. And God will bless you for doing so. And then whatever it is that God wants you to do, remember, don't procrastinate. Do it now. Uh, that little statement I gave you a while ago, your future has been determined by your obedience to God today. That's right there in the bottom of number 10. Number 11, adversities are God's stepping stone to success. Problems are unsolved opportunities. You've got a problem? That's an opportunity. An opportunity to go to God and learn something from God on how to solve it. Because I try to tell everybody, we're problem solvers. Here's a man that doesn't know where he's going when he dies. I can solve that problem. I can tell him. There's somebody that's got a heart, and they just lost a loved one, and they don't know how to handle it. Wait a minute, I know the Bible. I can give them this verse, and this verse, and this verse. But see, the Bible is my medicine cabinet. And I can go there and take these two verses. Take those and call me tomorrow. Yeah, take that. See me in a week. And you'd be surprised that the more you study, you're studying. Remember, doctors, when they go to the school and all that, they take years and years so they can write in a language they can't read. You have to try to, uh, blows my mind. You won't believe this. I had to go to the uh, doctor yesterday because Betty wanted me to get something. Well, anyway, I was, they just had a line there. You know, I'm always impatient. 
So I just hollered at the guy and I says, look, I says, uh, before I stand here in line and I waste, you know, 10, 15 minutes, did, did my wife call you and tell you that he, she, he says, yeah, that's it. I looked at it and that ain't what you wanted. So I went back and spent another 10, 15 minutes trying to find it. Couldn't find it. I came back up there. I says, where's that thing? He got it. And I looked at it. Ah, this is what she wanted. I could have solved that problem if I'd have just been a little patient. But there's just something inside of me that says, you don't need no more patience. You got enough. <laughs> but runaway emotions, where you can't control your emotions. You hear somebody say something bad about you. I'll get them if it's the last thing I do. And somebody will say something, and it'll hurt your feelings. And you why? And you find that never happened. They didn't say that. Somebody misunderstood. We can overreact to things. Now look up here. This is the greatest truth in all the world. I have a purpose. <laughs> My purpose in life is to tell people about eternal life. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us, but God loves us, hates our sin. Because, you see, the wage of sin is death. And since everybody sins, everybody's condemned. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We've all done things wrong. I've done two or three things. I know it was really wrong. But God says we're all in the same boat, and no man is innocent. We're all guilty, and because we're all guilty, we're all condemned. And so God says you cannot save yourself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh came into the world because, well, he loves us. And he hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he took all of our sin, paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead, and said if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account, and we go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That is the gospel, the good news of how that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you can know that you have eternal life, know that you're going to heaven because all your sins have been paid by Christ. So if he paid for all my sins, see, I don't have any sins to pay for. That's why I can go to heaven. That's why God can declare me righteous and good enough to go. Not because I did anything. I don't deserve that. But he did this for everybody. And he did it for you. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, don't you think right now would be a good time? Since there's no guarantee on life. And you don't know what's coming down the road. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Why not right now in the quietness of this moment just say something like this between you and the Lord. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe Christ died and that he paid for my sins. And I'm going to trust him right now to take me to heaven whenever I die. And friend, God said, if you'd trust him, he'd save you and give you eternal life. Would you do that? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. Or if you're watching my internet, right on the screen it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. We'd love to know that if you trust as Christ, that'd be such a blessing to us. So is anyone here in the auditorium say, yes, I will trust Christ right now as my Savior. And praise God, I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is anyone at all? Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings to us, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, how that you want each one of us to be leaders, to be an example of the believer. And these are things that we need to do, things that we need to apply into our life. 
And we just ask now your blessings upon each person here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.